Howdy and welcome to the Our Lady of the Cry Room podcast. A podcast about farming, family, and faith. With my parents, Betsy and Matthew. Hello and welcome to Our Lady of the Cry Room podcast, episode four. Betsy, what is up? How's it going? Uh, it's pretty good, I think. So we're at the end of another week. That always is good and bad, both. Right. We saw your play today, Little Shop of Horrors. Anna and Katie had a really good time. Katie was very excited, but the darkness of the theater really messed with her. And towards the end of the second act, she said, Are you sure that it's day? Because I feel very tired like it's past my bedtime. But other than that, she really enjoyed it. Do you feel like she was a little too young to see that play? I don't. I mean, she was scared at the very beginning because she was expecting to be scared. Right. But then um, at the intermission, we talked about it and and I reminded her that it was funny and not scary. And she said, yeah, it's not as scary as I thought it was going to be at all. So. Right. Okay. And, and then she asked me tonight how the people got out of the plant. And I said they would probably just climb out the bottom. And she thought about that. She thought that was cool that they made the plant big enough that a person could just crawl through it. So really don't think that it scared her. Okay, good. I guess we'll find out at three in the morning if she's screaming. Yeah, I really think that she understood that it was just silly. And she was, uh, when they put the entrails into the plant. Yes. um, She had been thinking that they were going to have like liquid blood and so when it was just soft things, she said that that wasn't, she was really worried about all of the blood, but then it wasn't blood. So it wasn't so bad. Well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, this is the time of year where every week goes by and I just panic a little bit more. And, um, because there are so many things that aren't getting done that need to get done and it's terrifying. Yeah. We can feel that in the house as your anxiety ratchets up. Great. Isn't that awesome? It's exciting. But maybe this week um, you won't have as many rehearsals for various musical things and you'll be able to spend more time working. Yeah, just the two that I accidentally agreed to. Why did I do that? So we need to practice saying no thank you. I would love to do that, but I can't. Well, but I still probably would have said yes. Right. That's the trouble. I know. I know. So there's no avoiding it. And we'll just have to work around it. However that may be. Yeah. Also, fun for you. I mean, this year it's just, I don't know. Like I thought last year and the year before was pretty bad as far as overall optimism or lack thereof for the coming growing season. But I mean, there's just zero. Op- my optimism my optimism level is at a zero. So does that mean you think that like just that the crops aren't going to make any money or that nothing's going to grow or? Or like I'm thinking... When I quit farming, will I be able to not, do I want to keep the land or should we just sell the land so that we have enough money to do anything in the world that we want to do? Or, and then if we did sell the land, like would I owe profit from the land back to my parents and or my siblings in some sort of way, uh, morally, or can we just keep the profits and do what we want to do? Or should we just, you know, keep the land and just sell the equipment? But I don't really have that much equipment that's very nice. And so then I wouldn't get a lot of money for it. And then probably would have to sell some land. And then, 
Do you just sell all the land at that point? And do we want to live in this house if someone else was farming the land or do we want to just move as far away from possible? And would I want to seek a second career in agriculture or would I want to get like as far away from agriculture as possible? And where would I like to go to grad school? Because honestly, I feel like that's probably the likeliest next step. Well, I can see all those things. It's that kind of year. Right. But that's not necessarily bad, right? As long as we can also say these are the farming years that we have. So we have another one and let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the planting of the corn this year, whether or not it's the last time. Is that at all possible? Uh, Well, I mean, it would be possible. You would think if I would ever get to the point where I was planting corn. (laughs) Well, so enjoy the working in the shop days or something. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. Well, right now the problem is that I hadn't, I didn't spray my soybean ground in February when I sprayed everything else. Um because it was like, well, you can spray it later. And then I, I kind of forgot that it was a thing that needed to be done. And then I realized this week that depending on what chemical we spray on the soybean ground, I might have a restriction for planting back the soybeans, um, you know, anywhere from a week to a month, don't plant soybeans. And then it was like, you really should find out what you're going to end up spraying and, and spray it so that you don't have to worry about that. And then I thought, well, I also need to put fertilizer down. I need to put phosphorus down for the soybeans. And I haven't done that yet. And when I do that, it'll, you know, it has those wavy cultures on it that'll mess, till up the ground a little bit where I do it. And when you do that, you lose the cover from your pre-emerge herbicide. And it's just like you didn't apply any right where those things go through. So that means that I need to put on the fertilizer before I spray the soybean ground, which means I actually need to put that fertilizer down for the soybeans before I plant the corn, which means I need to have that done uh, like four days ago because they're planning on getting here to plant the uh, corn plot uh, tomorrow night or Tuesday. Well, we'll just one step at a time. And I haven't used the coulter rig that I used to put the fertilizer down to put fertilizer down with for like three years. And hopefully it everything works on it. I bet it will. Also, I haven't looked at the planner yet, and hopefully everything works on it. I don't know why it would. It never works that way, (laughs) ever. Well, so there's some work to do, but that's good. We're blessed with work. It's good to have work to do. Blessed with not doing things in a timely fashion. That's one way to look at it. There you go. That's a very negative way to look at it. (laughs) But the weather should be nice this week to work outside? Um, No. Were you not listening when we did the weather forecast? Well, but it's not going to be 20. It's not going to be 20. I mean, 50 is not a terrible day. Now, here's the problem. I have, we have one guaranteed nice day, which is tomorrow. And then every day for the rest of the week is chance of rain. Now, I'm fine with it raining all week. I don't care. I'm not in a hurry. But what I'm worried about is these AgriLiant guys coming in and planting that plot and then it raining all week. And then I have to get this plot sprayed before I do these other things. But maybe that'll be fine. I don't know. It'll all work out. I think it'll all work out. Also, that pig died this week and that sort of shook me up. Yeah, that was sad when the pig died. It just, I mean, I was all proud of myself for noticing that the pig looked sick. But then the pig died. 
Yeah. And then I felt, I mean, it was still good to notice that the pig was sick so that it could get treated, but it wasn't enough. And now I'm kind of paranoid about the rest of the pigs, but they I think, still all seem really healthy. Yeah, they do. I look at them every chance I get and they're all just running around and they, cause that one got started to get skinnier. I mean, it looked terrible. It really did. It really did. It was not Anna's pig though. It I mean, was one of her cousin's pigs. It was bad enough that I noticed that the pig looked bad when I drove in and we know that I'm not super observant. Yeah. But so. I also had mentioned to you to keep an eye on it. Yeah. I don't think that's why I looked at it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I had mentioned to you that I thought that pig looked off. Off. Yeah. But you were right. But I wish I had. But, but then Chris said he saw it too. So it's not my fault. Right. Chris noticed the same thing that I noticed. Yeah. So I just feel dumb for not acting on it sooner. Well, I'm sure he does too. Yeah. And he said he thought maybe it would, was some sort of a bug and not a virus. Because the, is it, it turned bright red right after I got here or something? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't. I don't knows? know anything about, um. Pork I haven't diseases. Googled pig turned bright red, then died. <laughs> but I, that's on my list of things to do this week is Google turn, pig turned bright red and then died a few days later. Right, well, you should put it way down on the list underneath all the other things that you're going to stress out about next Sunday night. The other thing is that I still don't have my four wheel put four wheeler put back together. And now I don't have my semi truck put back together because I finally got around to taking off the door handle and finding out what was wrong with it. And it turns out I needed a whole new door handle. And then I just found a place and ordered one online. Um, but that was a bad idea because I've gotten seriously, I'm going to say 15 emails from this company for promotional things. Since then, I still haven't gotten an email saying your order has shipped. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought and for I a minute. I got one that said, thank you for your order, but I didn't get one that said, this is what you ordered. Okay. I so thought now, maybe you were going to say that you had scavenged parts from your semi for the four-wheeler, and now neither of them was put together for that reason, and that was going to make me laugh. That would be really <laughs> random. <laughs> but let's imagine but that I'm, that's And I'm happened. guessing that they did not have the parts in stock for the four-wheeler that I ordered from oh. the place, because in the past, they've been pretty on the ball about shipping them. And this company I actually know isn't just a big scam. So I'm not worried about those parts as much as, you know, I want to have them. And then the semi truck, I'm just sort of worried that I just, I don't know. That they're never going to send you a door handle. Yeah. Hmm. Big door handle scam. Yep. Pretty lucrative market. So right now to get in the semi truck, I'd have to take off the piece of duct tape and then pull on the little wire inside the door. Can't you just. And then retape it up. Go in and so out. I'm, so mice don't get in. A la Dukes of Hazard. You know, the windows on those Freightliners are kind of small. They're not really made for that. And it's, it's, it's a long ways up there. You know, they're, you know, yeah. probably, boy, probably more than six feet off the ground. It's, that'd be quite a feat. Okay. If I, if I was younger, maybe pre-back surgery, I could have done it. Well, in the farm cartoon in my mind. That's how I would get in That's the trucks That's how you anyway. get in and out of the trucks, yes. And you did take apart the something on the semi to fix the four-wheeler. Both of those things are happening together. Yeah, well, that's what they would have done on Sean the Sheep. Right. <laughs> yes, that's how our farm works in my mind, is Sean the Sheep. Pretty much like Sean. That's how I feel like the farm works on my mind, except that I don't actually have sheep to fix all the things I screw up, whereas <laughs> that farmer does. That's I, what My we farm need. is like Sean the Sheep without the helpful sheep that fix everything that the farmer <laughs> screws up. So watch on the sheep, see all the things that the farmer screws up, 
know that I screw those same things up, but I don't have any sheep to clean up after me. So we just need sheep. I guess so. Or children. Maybe someday the children will do the nice things that the sheep do and show the sheep. I mean, Jimmy is going to be really good. Yeah, unless he, he, you know, lives in a college town and (laughs) doesn't, you know, doesn't have any connection to the farm whatsoever. Well, that's a different problem. Okay. So, farming down there. Yay, farming. (laughs) Oh, I came up with a new segment, which... But we already have three Fs. Right, but it's another F. And... Four Fs. That's another... That makes it even another F, because then it's four instead of three Fs. Mm -hmm. It's four Fs. That's, That's too many Fs. No, I think that I can just keep coming up with segments as long as they all start with F. Okay. So... I'll give you that it is a manipulative segment, and it could be called feelings or felicidades, something like that. And in the segment, you have to say what made you happy this week. (laughs) Just one thing that made you happy. And the reason it's good is because we know that you find what you look for. And so if you're always looking for something happy, you will be happier. So something that made me happy this week is The Country Bunny and the Little Gold Shoes, that book. I discovered it and read it to all seven of the classes, and all of the classes loved it, and I loved it. Written in 1939, but really, such an amazing book. It talks about how women can do anything. It talks about how having a family does not preclude having the career of your dreams. (laughs) It talks about... Uh, classism, sexism, you know, even perhaps racism, because they talk, you know, the some kinds oh, of bunnies. I say racism too. They have Jack the Jackrabbit bunnies and the rich white bunnies. Uh-huh. And the- right. I mean, it has everything that people are trying to shove into children's books nowadays, but in a lovely, wonderful, uplifting, children doing chores kind of package. I adored that book. It made me very happy. Okay. So what made you happy this week? I mean, despite all the trials and long hours and unease about this show, I I really do enjoy playing for musicals. It's so much fun. And the music in Little Shop of Horrors really is spot on. It's really good stuff. It was a lot of fun to play. It's a really fun percussion part. Okay. Well, good. So that's something that made you happy. I just wish, you know... We had had more rehearsals. Yes, I understand that. But I did manage. That's my goal. And then I tell people, and in my own head, is that by the last show, doggone it, you're going to play all the notes on this page. And I did accomplish that. So I I hit all my bell parts today. So I okay, was happy. Okay, well that. done. Were there little wood blocks on your set or something? Uh, yes. Yes, there yes. were. I always enjoy a good wood block. So I noticed those and I thought, ooh, where does he have wood blocks on his trap set? So well done with the wood blocks. Next comes family. And you just said you didn't want to talk about family anymore because we're saying terrible things about the children and it's not fair to them. No, I just wondered if, you know, it's all right to talk about them. You know, you're not supposed to talk about people. Yeah. So there'd probably be a lot you could say about family in general without talking specifically about the individual children. Yeah, but that just gets so 
I mean, they have names. Can't we right. just use them? I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk about the two-year-old, but I, this is what I wanted to talk about in family. Yes. Is how in the world, this is our fourth two-year-old. And every two-year-old, we have the same experience where we completely forget about two-year-old molars. <laughs> and they just come out of nowhere and they're the worst thing ever. And like for the first night, you have, it's like, what is wrong with you, child? There's nothing wrong with you. Stop crying. And then you realize at some point later, as I did first thing in the morning, the next morning after a long sleep deprived night was two year old molars. That's what's wrong with Teddy. Yes. And Teddy particularly has always had a really hard time with teeth. Yeah. I mean, he was really hurting. Yes, he really was. Owie, 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 mommy, mommy. I felt really bad. But I was really glad when you said two-year-old molars because then I knew he wasn't going to throw up on me. Yeah, but I wish I... See, that was the problem, though, is I wish I had remembered that in the middle of the night because it was like, well, if he's in a lot of pain, you should give him some ibuprofen or something, but not if he's going... Not if he's just in this, I'm going to puke on you. And it's his own fault for the night when he got up and woke us all up and then um, was crying and then threw up all over us twice. Right. It's his own fault. But <laughs> that fear in the back of my mind, that's why, you know, I didn't push harder to give him any medicine because it's like he might just be fixing to throw up on us. Right. And why and you. And then medicine would just make it worse. Why you stayed over there on the couch while I cuddled him out of the splash zone. Getting splashed on is not my favorite thing. <laughs> oh, I actually love it. <laughs> I thought you did. But he was just a very sweet snuggler and didn't throw up. And now we know and we can give him some Tylenol. Yeah. Or ibuprofen. But also, like, um, is that why he was just beyond the pill in church? I'm assuming is his teeth just, it's like, I think he forgets about it when he's got other stuff to think about. But then as soon as, because he was saying owie owie too when yes. we were out there. Well, yeah. And when we got back to grandma's house, she asked Teddy if he was good in church. And he said, no, I cried. Um, hurt. Yeah. So. Yeah. This, this was a, I think this is an all time record for church in that. I mean, I didn't even sit down when, when church started. <laughs> right. I just stood up with Teddy in the hallway, the whole church. And then I would sit down just cause my back hurt and he would cry and wanted to be held and walked around. Right. So you did make it after you came in for communion and then after communion, you, you did kneel down. So you were actually in the sanctuary for one song. Yeah. But the other thing was that I also had to walk all the way out to the van to get a diaper in the middle of church. Yes. Which always seems like, I don't know, I guess that's all right to do. It just, and the problem was there was some sort of retreat going on. So Despite us going to the no people are at mass mass, we still were in the absolute for this parking spot because we're always the last people to church. Well, we're just not early. I mean, nobody wants us to be early to church. It and might disrupt some people. Have the children there for longer. But yeah, it was parking far away. And it does always feel really weird to leave church and then go back. But what are you going to do? Yeah, I just waited till after the creed. Um, but I, I mean, normally I would have stayed for the prayer of the faithful and then gone out. But it was I had been holding him for a long time, and yeah, 
I figured that was good enough. And I'm not the kind of mama who has a big diaper bag. I've never liked the diaper bag. Yeah. So we don't carry a diaper bag with us everywhere well, we you go. You could carry a diaper. So could you. <sighs> I'm a man. I ain't going to carry no <laughs> diaper. You could just roll one up and put it in your pocket. <laughs> Maybe I'll start. <laughs> At least we had diapers in the car. Yeah, I mean, I was really worried that you would say, no, I don't have any diapers anywhere, because then, I mean, what, do I just go get in the car and drive to Walgreens and buy diapers in the middle of church? Because <laughs> it was a pretty bad diaper. Yeah, I don't know what to do. And we're lucky that we had diapers in the car, because we went through the thing last week where we were actually out of diapers in the house, and I had to get diapers from the car to make it through until somebody could go to town. And that, that usually doesn't happen. That we actually run out of diapers in the house. That it did. It's exciting. Yeah. Oh, another thing we did for the family this week was play grocery store chicken. My favorite game. I hate grocery store chicken. I know. Also, I found out that you should never, ever, never buy the cheap apple juice at Target under any circumstances because it is not apple juice. It is apple some strange beverage. chemical concoction. I think it was just really watered down apple juice. No, because if you looked, it... No, they have the watered down. You can buy, you know, name brand watered down apple juice, the the less sugar apple juice, which is pre-watered down apple juice is all it is. This stuff, I mean, it apple juice beverage with flavor. I mean, it was not apple juice. I yeah. mean, if there was apple juice in it, it was a very, very small amount. Well, apple juice concentrate was like the second ingredient. Was it? No, it was water and then apple juice concentrate. Well, I guess that makes me feel a little bit better. But it, it didn't taste like, I mean, it tasted like a chemical concoction. Yeah, it did taste funny. And the children agreed. Yeah. But we made it through two jugs of the yucky apple juice. It's all gone now. Because, heaven forbid, we just make our children drink water. Well, nobody wants to see that kind of fit. Children throwing cups. Not water. Well, they about did that with this juice anyway. Um, We had feedback. Do we want to talk about that here? As it's... Sort of family-related feedback? Yeah, we could. I mean, this would be the place for it. I just, I'm a little nervous about this particular piece of feedback. So we have feedback from Anna, who asks, why don't you like the garden? And this is one of those instances where you feel like honesty might not be the best policy. <laughs> and I don't want to get in trouble. Well, you can always edit it out. <laughs> right, but I would still have said it aloud to you. Right. That's okay. I, I already know that there's something about me in the garden that makes you crazy. I just don't know what it is. And I don't know if I should tell you or if you'll be offended and go off on me for something. Like, well, I, I, think, I think it'll be okay. The reason why I don't like the garden is that there is a point in every summer, sometimes earlier, sometimes later, but the garden starts off. And people go work in the garden and they till the garden and they weed the garden. There is a date that is different each summer for whatever reason. Maybe someone had a baby. Maybe someone's getting ready for school. Maybe swimming lessons start. There is a time in which the garden will not be tended to every day. And then it will grow into a large, huge, weedy mess. And that bothers you. Who cleans up the large, big, weedy mess at the end of the season? Do you? Yes. Like you run over it with the mower? 
Yeah. And so I have to go through and pull out all of the things that don't get mowed over so that they don't get mowed over and pull out the crazy tomato cages and the pieces of wood and the sprinkler system all through these horrible, huge weeds and then mow it down. Well, you should just mention before you go out and mow and we'd be happy to do that. You never say anything. So I don't know. It didn't occur to me that that was what was bothering you. Well, I, I didn't. I mean, you should just do it and not, you know, now I've lost my reward for doing it. Oh, the, the, in, the, the righteous indignation? No, that I said that I'd do that because you didn't even notice. Well, I mean, I knew that you would take this stuff out and mow, I guess. I don't, I just didn't know that that was the reason you hated well, the garden. it's just not a fun job. The, the thing is that I have this big, huge farm and I come from, you know, a line of messy people. And so the farm is just always a mess and it's always been a mess. And it's always a dream of mine that I would have a nice, neat, clean farm like the people that have hired workers that they can make mow for them have. But I never do. And I set things down and forget about them. And so there's just all these eyesores all over the farm. And then there's the garden, which just turns into another one. Okay. Well, we can do a better job of trying to keep up with it. And, and and I know that you think that that's true. And I know that you will try very, very hard. And I'm not saying it's anybody's fault that this happens, but there will be a date in the summer after which no gardening will be done. Okay. And at that point, when we and stop it will gardening. will not be after the hard freeze. Okay. So when we're done with the garden, what do we need to do to make you happy? I don't know. Do we need to mow it ourselves or take out all the stuff or what do we need to do? I don't know because I feel like I should do all that anyway. But So there you go. So there's, you can't win? No, there's no way to win because <laughs> I can't make you guys do it. Why not? Have you ever done it? Apparently not. Yeah, so you don't know how bad it is. <laughs> I don't want to put you through that. I'll just do it. Okay. I, I don't know. We're going to get it figured out. So it's just when there's the big pigweeds, right? That's oh, oh, and pigweeds are the worst. Okay. Oh, the big pigweeds. They're the most awful things in the world. Yes. Okay. Well, I think at a certain point when we stop doing the garden, I figure you're just going to run over it with the big mower and so it's no big deal. So we just need to take the stuff out before you do that? Yeah, I guess you'd need to take the stuff out and then tell me it's ready to be mowed over. Okay. Okay. See, I really don't feel like that's... Because I, like I just end up putting it off till I have time to do it or feel like I have time to do uh -huh. it. And then... Yeah, I think we can handle that and it really won't be a problem. Okay. We'll see. So that's why daddy doesn't like the garden because we don't do a good job of being done with the garden. So we'll have to do better. Is that it for family or do you want to go through each person? No, because you don't want to do that anymore. So let's not. Okay. Although I have no idea what happened this week because I wasn't here. Okay. What happened? Anything so, that I just see. just highlights that I need to know about. We had fun night. Anna and Katie went to fun night, and um, I didn't. You know, Anna went and hung out with her friends at fun night and did the photo booth and stuff. And I never saw her. And I went around with Katie, who won a cake in the cakewalk on her fourth try. I had just suggested that maybe we should do something else other than just cakewalk over and over until she won a cake. And so she said she'd do it one more time and that time she won a cake. So that was pretty good. And she won a pop in the pop toss Ooh. with some 
with some leaning that they determined was okay because her feet were behind the line. So the first she go is also around, a kindergartner. Yes, the first go around she was aiming for a sprite that was further away, and then she watched some other big kids and realized that by leaning, she's pretty sure she could get that root beer. So that's so what she went for. So the big kids were leaning too, is what you're saying? Yes, big kids were leaning too. Well, now it seems like maybe the big kids could have been disqualified for leaning, but well, seems kind of mean to disqualify a kindergartner for it. Right. Yes. The big kids had to stand further away. Ah, I see. So, I mean, a kindergartner leaning could basically just set it down on top of a two liter, but there were a lot of pops left and only like 10 minutes left of games. So they needed to get rid of them. There you go. They needed to get rid of them anyway. Yeah. Um, and. So that's why we have a root beer. That's why we have a root beer. Okay. Oh, we should buy some ice cream. Yeah, we should. That would be a fun Easter treat. And I don't think we didn't, the boys didn't play in the pig pen at all this week. I didn't let them because we had that sick pig. Yeah, that was good. And so we still did have a lot of baths, but not filthy baths, just because Teddy really likes taking baths. They're forecasting more rain this week, so more filthy baths. Okay, that's good to know. What day was that when I was supposed to take people some? That was fun night. Yes. And it was like, and and then I look up and there's boys in their town clothes outside. How does that happen? They, they just put on their own boots and go outside. Yeah, but when I talked to you, you said, well, they were just going to stay on the porch. So you knew that they were going outside. Oh, yes. And that's there true. is no force on this planet <laughs> that can keep a four-year-old and a two-year-old out of the mud. They had bubbles. It doesn't, it doesn't, I mean... I thought if they were just going to blow bubbles, that they would stay on the porch with the bubbles. But bubbles, I don't know if bubbles just don't work in Kansas. It's always too windy to blow bubbles out here. It is always too windy. But, I mean, they could have, I mean, name something that they love profusely. Uh, Watching Blue's Clues? I mean, you could have set a television with Blue's Clues on it and set them on the porch. They would still have wound up in the mud puddle. Okay. You you could have had a, a cuddly baby cheetah for Jimmy to <laughs> to pet, and he still would have ended up in the mud puddle. There is just it's a it's a scientific okay. You know, so I should not that little boys when let outside if there's a mud puddle within you know five hundred feet they will end up in the middle of it. They will be in the mud puddle. Well, Jimmy said that he just slipped. Yes, Into yes the he mud just puddle. slipped and <laughs> fell in the mud puddle. Funny how that happened yeah. when he was on the front porch. The mud puddle is quite away from the... Really, puddle. really big fall all the way on the other side of the house. Um, so that's it. We got teeth and fun night and mud puddles and... We have a special guest. Yes. Say hi, Katie. Come here. You're all the way here. Say hello. Hi. Why are you out of bed, Katie? Mommy, when did you put Anna in bed? You were asleep. I didn't see. No, you were asleep, and I came and tucked Anna in. I was dreaming. Yeah? I thought I was daydreaming. Oh, you were night dreaming. So why are you up now? Because I wanted when Anna got in Okay, so Anna got in bed about 9 o'clock. Now it's about 10 o'clock? I don't know. You should be in bed. So, do you want me to come tuck you in again? Um, I can tuck myself in. Okay. Good night. We'll be done soon. Night night, Katie. 
She really startled me when I looked over there. There was a little person. I was expecting it. You didn't hear the rumblings up above? Well, I did, but it still startled me to look over and see her. Okay. Peeking at me. Um, so, Faith. I got nothing. Nothing. I hope you do. Well, uh, I really, really think that it would be good for us to figure out some time that we could alternate or both go, or not both go at the same time, obviously. But we to need, the Camino? We need, well, yeah, that. We need to go, we need to have an adoration hour in the chapel. Oh. I really think so. It has to be on Sunday, period. There's no other. It won't work for me if it's not on a Sunday. It won't work. It just won't. We can't, we couldn't have me get up early before school and go to town and back. I don't know. That's a lot of driving. So a Sunday what? sounds terrible when you say it, but I mean, think of Pope Francis and I don't remember the name of the encyclical on the environment, but do you think he would encourage us to drive our car to town and back just to go to adoration? I don't know. That's an interesting question. Yeah. It seems kind of wasteful. Yeah, I can see that. But we got a lot of uncertainty right now and a lot of anxiety. And that seems like the the easiest way. Maybe we should just be getting up early and praying anyway and not having to drive to town to do it. I just don't see it happening. Do you think it would happen? I I don't know. Well, what time on Sunday would you say? I mean, Sunday's... I'm just saying Sunday's the only day I know that I'm not going to work. And I just... Okay. I don't know. All right. So our family's going to take a trip to the Camino. (laughs) Yeah. Father Roderick is currently on the Camino and I am really, really enjoying watching him do that and not at all envious. Well, I first found out about the Camino as a Spanish student in college. So I probably have been wanting to do the Camino for 20 years now. I should also point out that Father Roderick, if you don't know, is a famous father, not our local father or anything like that. Right. Father Roderick von Hogan. You can look him up. He's a big deal. And you can follow him on the Camino. So I've been wanting to do the Camino for a long time, and I was thinking that I was going to have to wait till these kids were all bigger, but now I'm thinking we're just going to have to take them all with us. So my current plan is when Anna is you know, 18 or 19 or 20, something like that, then we'll all go as a family on the Camino. Yeah, I think she's got to be at least 18 or something, right? Well, she's 11 years older than Harry. So when she's 18, he'll be seven. That math checks out. Right. So somewhere around there. A seven-year-old can walk six miles a day, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they'll love it. I think it's going to be great. And since we won't be farming anymore, and since we decided to sell the land, then we'll have the means by which to do the Camino. See, I really think... Unless we had to give all the extra money back to my parents. All of these... Which also is a valid concern. What is going to happen? What am I going to do? Quandaries that you roll around in your mind all the time. If you had an adoration hour, you could just roll those all around. And then I think you could leave them there in the adoration chapel and go back out and do and your then work. what things am I going to roll around in my head all day while I'm sitting in the tractor? I don't know. Nice, nice God things. Nice fluffy things. Nice God things. Other puzzles. Little bunny rabbits with golden shoes. Yes. They'll fly to mountaintops to give sick little boys eggs. Yes. Beautiful sick little boys. Diamond sparkling eggs. I really think so. You just leave your worries... And then just, I just wonder what it would be like 
What would your brain do were well, it free I mean, from if worries? If you want to get up in the morning and go to an adoration hour, then I will say, okay. And you can take my worries with you and leave okay. them there for me. Okay. I think that that might work. I mean, the two should become one, right? Why wouldn't that work? Why not? You could just give them, tell me what they all are, and then I'll take them. That's the problem. I don't think I could. Well, and then I will just ask the Holy Spirit to intervene for the ones that I don't know. Do you think on the Breaking Awesome podcast that I still have not got to edit yet, that I wasn't there for because I was playing for Little Shop of Horrors, should I go through and record answers to all their gotcha Catholic questions or just forget about them? I thought you already had recorded answers to all their gotcha Catholic questions. I didn't questions. get that far because when I got to the Catholic question parts, that's when I realized that I had after I had split Kent's audio into two because his audio was screwed up, so I had to process them separate. That's when I realized that I did not have the second half of his audio in my mix, and I had already deleted all the silence, and so there was no way to put it back in. Okay. So I know. Well, I think that you could record answers to the questions if you could keep your answers like under 45 seconds. I mean, I can keep them under 45 seconds, but there'll be like things like, no, you're a twit. Next question. No. Well, you shouldn't say things like you that. You don't think I should say things like that? No, I think that you should be more charitable. Oh, oh so complicated. Pope Francis said, be nice to the evangelicals. They're not on the other team. Well, we don't know that he actually said that. Well, according to the movie. And it does seem like the kind of thing that he might and say. And it might have been a translation issue error. For all I know, he said, be mean to the evangelicals. Yeah, no, I couldn't I, understand what he was saying. I could hear both the Spanish and read the English, and he didn't say, be mean to the evangelicals. So if you could record a concise answer, then I think that would be all right. And I should answer all of them. Were there a lot of questions? Well, I mean, they had quite a time with coming up with things they didn't like about the Catholic Church. or It wasn't that. It's just like, why this? Why that? I don't know. Okay, well. They're gotcha questions. Yeah, I think that you could just, just quickly answer them all, because that's the nice thing, is they do all have answers. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's what they, like, Kent's one question, he, they were, they were all worried about Kent's question, because they're like, oh, that people will be offended, and it's like, that seriously, that was one of the very first things I tackled when I began my journey to the Catholic Church, was that particular question. Which was... Um, he was saying, you know, so Jesus got mad at the Pharisees because they were, they were burdening the people with their traditions. And why is it okay for the Catholic church and my catechism book, which he couldn't remember the name of, you know, cause I have this catechism book when anytime there's a faith problem, I just look it up in the catechism and use that as my answer. And how come it's okay for the church to do that? And it wasn't okay for the Pharisees, huh? How about that? How about that? How about that? So and the then, catechism is a burdensome tradition? Well, because it's, you know, half, you know, it's, it's not the Bible. So it's just tradition. It's the magisterium of the church. It's the tradition. Because we're not sola scriptura. We're scripture right. and tradition. But, I mean, it's collected wisdom. Right. But he's saying Jesus uh, was saying that the Pharisees were wrong for uh, oppressing the people with their collected wisdom. So why is it okay for the Catholic Church to do it? Well, it seems different to me. Why you, is it different? Do you know why it's different? There's a very big reason why it's different. No, I don't know. Because why it's as a Catholic, I believe that the church is being led by the Holy Spirit, which was given by Jesus specifically for that purpose. He said, I will send the paraclete. And he did. 
Right. The Pharisees the didn't have the, the Holy Pharisees Spirit. The Pharisees did not have the Holy Spirit, number one. Number two, you can very easily make the argument that he, he didn't say anything like, stop teaching people. He wasn't going around telling rabbis to stop, you know, teaching. You know, he didn't go protest at the Sabbath when they were doing their teaching and say, hey, stop teaching people. He's not going around telling Kent to stop preaching his sermon every Sunday. Why are you preaching that sermon every Sunday, Kent? Telling people things. He was arguing with what they were saying and how they were interpreting it. I mean, you can make that argument as well. But the big difference is, I believe that the church is being guided by the Holy Spirit. And that's all the difference in the world. Right. Right. But they seem surprised that I was not offended at all by that question or even surprised by it. Yes. Well, I think it's what uh, Fulton Sheen said, that um, there are there's not one person in a hundred who would disagree with what the Catholic Church actually is. But there are lots and lots of people who disagree with what they think it is. That's not a very good quote. I would argue that there's more than one in 100 that would disagree with what the church actually is. You think? But I don't know what the actual quote is, but yeah, I would tend to disagree with that. Well, he was an optimist. Yes, that's. I am not. <laughs> Any other interesting questions that they had? Well, I mean, I, you know... Um, Dan wanted to know why so many statues, why so many bones, why so many bones and statues. Heath wanted to know how do the saints hear all the prayers at once? They're not God. How do they do it? And then Kent also asked about the crazy Vietnamese monastery in Missouri that calls themselves unofficially um, the Mother Redemptrix or whatever. So you want me to do my answers for all of them right now? Well, I guess, so do you, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't, because then you're going to do them for your other thing. I mean, the statue and, and bones thing, it's too long of an answer to put in right here. I feel like I feel like it's too long of an answer to put in that podcast. Oh, I feel like you could have a very short answer. You say, it talks about Paul's handkerchief. That's half. The other half is pictures and statues help us think of things. Right. Because we're I, visual people. Uh, you know, these people all went to Bible college, so you feel like you got to have... You can't just say, feel like you have to have all the cross arguments covered before you start uh, talking. At least I do. That's the trouble. Okay. Okay. Well, that's probably why you're a better resource than me. But I mean, the first question is, do you have any pictures in your church? Do you have any pictures in your church? Pretend you're Daniel. Uh, I've never been to Daniel's church. Yeah, I don't know if he does or not. <laughs> I'm assuming that they do. Why do you have a picture in your church? Decoration. What's the fundamental difference between a statue and a picture? I don't know. The statue is cool? <laughs> or, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that the, the hang-up is that, you know, people think that the statue has power or something. I mean, is that what they think that Catholics think? It might be. I don't know. And not, not that it's well, just... Well, I mean, there's, there's... I mean, shoot, half the Catholics think that you're genuflecting towards the crucifix when you walk in the church, which is not at all true. Right. Yeah, that's true. You're genuflecting to the tabernacle, which contains the blessed sacrament. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Heath wanted to know how they hear all the prayers at once. It was because, and he answered the question with his own thing, because they live outside space and time. 
And well, see, Daniel had the theory that he would just find the most obscure saint to pray to because then they'd be like, hey, I got one and be all excited to help Mm -hmm. you. And I think he's got a fair point. My problem with praying to the saints and always has been is you have these people who lived lives of heroic, you know, heroic faith and that I will pray to them and they will say, yeah. I got another crazy request from the American in the <laughs> 21st century. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'll help you find your iPhone. Yeah. Oh, that must be really hard not having your iPhone. I'll get it for you. Or I'm supposed to pray to St. Isidore who spent, you know, 16 hours a day pulling a wooden plow through soil behind oxen. Like, oh, I'll help you get your GPS signal. Oh, that $3 corn must be a real heartache for you, buddy. I'll get right on that. That is the most pessimistic view of saints I've ever heard. So the saints well, are just I mean, like wh- the grouchy men in the Muppets. They are the grouchy <laughs> men. No, it's because I feel like the saints look at me and they're like, this guy even thinks he's I mean, at all. I mean, they know look you. Look at you. They, look at you. <laughs> they know you need a lot of help. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can see why. <laughs> Maybe spend uh, ten minutes less on your on Facebook in the morning, buddy, and then we'll talk. <laughs> well, yeah. Got another struggling American. <laughs> I feel like it's just a whole first world problem thing. Like that's you 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 mentioned something to a saint in heaven, and they're like, "Yeah, I got you know." I got burned at the stake, buddy. Um, tell me about your problems. And, and tell so, me more about how so bad someone with heroic virtue. Doesn't want you to get... I just think they're being honest. I think that they're better people than that. (laughs) I don't know. I just don't see how they could... I mean, okay, American. You have a tough... You're having a tough go, aren't you? Wow. Well, I don't have that problem. And then the co-redemptrix thing, which I agree, it's weird. And I've always thought it's weird. And it's not an official title of Mary... Um, it gets routinely brought up and struck down that, no, we do not call Mary this. It has to do with the fact that we believe that Mary said yes to God, that God didn't say, hey, you're going to have Jesus, whether you like it or not, that he said, hey, this is going to happen. And she said, so be it. And because she said that, that's, that's when she became with child with Christ, not before she gave her permission that God had her permission. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, that's where it just sort of the dominoes fall. And well, then you end up with people saying co-redemptrix. Right. It's just you have a giant church with a lot of people and we're going to, with any large herd, there can be some people that stray off here and there and this way to the sides. And that's why it's nice to have but I mean, my theory the is, is the reason why they get away with it in this monastery in Missouri is they're all Vietnamese. Like if you go to their webpage, it's in Vietnamese. Uh-huh. And so they don't really have a lot of strong oversight. And honestly, I don't know what the Vietnamese bishop would even say about coat. I mean, I know what an American bishop would, or at and, least some of them. And, I mean, I don't know. And you also don't know uh, how the translation works. Right. And that's that's a, another <laughs> good point is... Yeah, and that's a huge thing, but that's been in the church since the very beginning is translation errors between Greek and Latin and Vietnamese, and it might not mean the exact same thing that it does in English. Right, right. Because whatever they're calling it, they're not calling it 
co-redemptrix. They're calling it, you know, a Vietnamese word, which I don't even know how to begin to pronounce. Right. So it's not officially sanctioned. There might be other questions, but I honestly haven't listened to all of that part because I got to the point where Kent's audio wasn't there. And so that's all I remember. Okay. So we've finished the octave of Easter. It's Divine Mercy Sunday. I was hoping at one point I wanted to do this whole thing with cinnamon rolls. You make in the shape of a heart and then you have whipped cream and then there's strawberries on one side and blueberries on the other. But but you realize that nobody likes strawberries or blueberries. Yeah, or canned cinnamon rolls. And I didn't want to make my own dough. So we did not have a special Divine Mercy breakfast. But, oh well. There's always next year. Yeah. And now we have 50 days of Easter. No, now we have... 43. Was it 43 or 42? Something like that. So we're going to have jelly beans on the counter. Because let's get daddy fat for Easter. (laughs) Because we know that he can walk right past those jelly beans... Five times a day and not ever eat them every single well, time. Well, what do you think we should do them. to celebrate Easter? I wanted there to be something that's different. We could celebrate Easter by planting corn. Yes, which is a very hopeful Eastery thing to do. Or a, I've borrowed all this money. I feel obligated to do something with it. I, I'm really trying hard not to just counter everything negative you say with something positive because I'm sure that's frustrating. It is very hard. I know. (laughs) So I'm sorry that you feel that way. The problem is that in my head, I don't have the positive answer. So that's maybe I like to say it out loud so that because I'm not going to give myself a positive answer. So it's it's not horrible when I counter with with a positive thing or it is? No, I would say it's not horrible because, I mean, I... I don't know if you think that there's random positive thoughts about farming (laughs) running through my head, but they're not. There aren't any. There aren't any. They're all gone. (laughs) Other than I like to listen to audiobooks while I sit and let the tractor drive itself. I like that part of farming. Okay. That's about it. Okay. So so it's all right to go ahead and be um, an optimistic little tigger, just bouncing up with something good for every bad thing you say. Because they say on the internet that you're not supposed to do that. The internet's always having little cute things that say you need to just acknowledge the space that the negative person is in. Most people on the internet have terrible relationships. And like you need to, you know, have empathy and not contradict someone's feelings. So that's just, I just shouldn't worry about that. I mean, I guess the last thing I need is for you to start agreeing with all the crazy (laughs) negative things I say about farming, because then I'll really know that we're sunk, which I already pretty much know anyway. I just. Okay. Well, then I will just try to go back to saying the positive spin on whatever you said and try to, to turn back around. Okay. Maybe that's why the last year's been so bad, because I've been trying so hard to be empathetic. Yeah, you should stop that. Okay. I don't need anybody to empathize, <laughs> empathize with me. Okay. Well, then you are really, really lucky that you get to do this for however long that you get to do it. I mean, just because something doesn't last forever doesn't mean that it's bad. So the most cheery thing I've heard today, so this is the state I'm in where this is the most cheery thing, is that Linda assured me that it would be okay if I had to sell the farmland. And that my siblings would not be angry at me. Okay. 
Well, that's good. So there's there's my win for the day. <laughs> I I don't agree. I I think she's wrong about that, but well, we'll see. Luckily, oh, what? I accidentally told her that we had a podcast too. You did in a very roundabout way because she wants to start a blog, and I was like, oh well, um, you should talk to Heath because because she's like, should I do my blog on WordPress and and or Blogger? And I'm like, you know. Honestly, if you want to do anything with it, you should just do it on WordPress because they have all the junk to do it on there. And Blogger, there's there's no support anymore. And and so I was like, so you should talk to Heath because he can just set the whole thing up for you on his server and he'll even set up the WordPress for you and, and all of that. And then I accidentally said, because that's what he did for me. And then Linda, being the bright person she is, immediately said, what is this secret WordPress site you have? And you're like, Lomar Seed Farms. She knows better than that. And then I was, um, and, um, and then she's like, oh, that's fine. You can keep your secret blog to yourself. That's, that's okay. And, you know, she Lobemired it out of me. She winkled? She winkled it right out of me. She's, she's terribly good at winkling. But I didn't tell her the name. You didn't? I didn't. <laughs> Because I told her I had to talk to you about it. Because I told her how you were so proud that you you had her over for dinner while I was at the play and did not tell her that we had a podcast. So, and so I said, look, I got to talk to Betsy first because Betsy was really trying not to tell you. So I don't know. No, I, I didn't think it was that hard not to tell her. I was just telling you that I hadn't told her so that you didn't accidentally tell her thinking that I had told her. Oh, I see. Well, I didn't tell her the name, so. <laughs> like she couldn't guess. <laughs> it's so obvious. I'm sure it's trending on iTunes. Yeah. I haven't actually tried to Google Betsy Matthew podcast and see if it comes up, but it might. That's true. Google's pretty smart. It's kind of creepy. It is. It's so, the internet is so strange. It's a strange time we live in. But exciting. It's exciting. And isn't it neat to think that you were born right now, right here, for some reason? And all you have to do is go through your days one at a time doing your best? <laughs> I don't know. That's not the way that you see the world at all. But that's what I think. And then I, I like see to the world look. that I am stuck in this farming thing and there's no way out. And when I do get out, my farm will be taken over by someone who will do a better, more efficient job with it than I ever could. I don't know. I just don't see why any of that matters. It probably doesn't. And then when you walk around, you can look at all the people and but think the, all of all, them were also born and also are supposed to be here. Is, I really don't want to ever have a job. I've never had one before. I, I mean, I just feel like I've had a couple part-time jobs and they were terrible. I don't want a real job. You, the amazing thing I about really you. I really don't want a job. Is that you can worry about what you have to do in the next five minutes. Also, you can worry about what you have to do in the next hour. Also. I have it all planned out. You can worry about what you have to do in the next week, month, year. And then you can also worry seven or eight hypothetical outcomes into the future. I mean, that just the world is wide open for your anxieties. It is. I wonder if there's any way to... To be wide open for possibilities. If I liked any of them. Right, but the possibility, the magical, amazing possibility, you are never going to be able to foresee. You will only foresee negatives. 
the positive out there is there. I can foresee myself getting a mallet cat. <laughs> okay. That's the best future you can imagine. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Right now. I could sell a truck and buy a mallet cat. That would be good. Well, that feels like another big problem. The best future you can imagine has to do with a new possession. That's sad. And that this is and this kind of thing is exactly why the saints laugh at me <laughs> when I try to talk to them. This, there, there are saints who are on your team. The patron saint of of greedy Americans. Even Who's the patron saint of greedy Americans? Even if it's against their better judgment, there are people on your team. It's like, gosh, there are kids at school who are naughty, but they're you just love them so much anyway. You can like you can see the kernel of good inside all their naughty, and you can't figure out how to how to grow that kernel. But you know it's there, and you can't help but like them, even though they're being naughty all the time. I bet there are saints that feel that way about you. They see your little nuggets of good, and they can't help but like you. It's true. <laughs> so is that it for tonight? It better be. I don't know. You've been listening to our Lady of the Cry Room podcast. If you have feedback, such as... Jimmy really wants you to use his feedback tape recording. Because you've been saying... You said feedback. I said it last time? Yes. And the kids like to listen to this in the car. because you listen to it in the car. And Jimmy will say... Where's my part? Okay. Our lady, the cry room dot feedback dot com. Whatever his little spiel is, he can say it. Right. And he says it in the car and then he, we don't hear it. And okay. Well, if you have feedback for us, such as what job should Matthew aspire to in his secret anxieties as he's driving <laughs> tractor for his post midlife crisis? Or what bad experiences have you had utilizing empathy? <laughs> I'd like to hear from people who had bad experiences with empathy. Yeah, I want to hear from all the bad experiences <laughs> of empathy. Um, if you've walked the Camino with a seven-year-old, I, we would really like to hear from you. <laughs> if you know who the patron saint of Greedy, Greedy Americans. Americans is. <laughs> let us know by all means. And Jimmy will tell you at the end of the podcast how to get in touch with us. Happy Easter, Betsy. Happy Easter, Matthew. Have a good week, y'all. Bye. If you would like to send us some feedback about something we've talked about today or have a question about farming or anything else under the sun, then there is a way you can get a hold of us. And I'm here with Jimmy. And Jimmy, now you can say your part. Go. Feedback at ourwayofthecryingroom.com. Okay, now try to say it again, but don't yell so much. Feedback at ourladyofthecryingroom.com. That's right. You can send us your feedback to feedback at ourladyofthecryroom.com. Thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome. Our Lady of the Cry Room, pray for us. Happy Easter!